Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Husky Fan Podcast. We're here to preview the Washington-Arizona game tomorrow night or Sunday morning in some parts of the country. Uh, Jimmy is not with us right now. He's probably taking a nap, but you know he might come on later for like a 10 or 15 minute wrap-up segment. But I'm here with Rob Bowron. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at at beta underscore rank underscore football. Uh, this guy is a top data analyst for college football. Great follow, great info. Uh, Rob will give out, we can give out your Twitter again, your website and all that good stuff at the end of the pod. But uh, how are you? And uh, what's your initial thoughts on this game tomorrow? Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I'm excited for this game. Um, I, I think this should be a, a, a that, fun matchup. That makes, just... that makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the, the desert dogs are real, right? Uh, no, like, so I'm an Arizona, uh, grad for, uh, undergraduate. Um, and I, uh, I do at, at this point I'm doing an Arizona podcast and a, 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 a 12, a, a Pac 12 podcast as well. But, um, this game, it, like Arizona has, I think a lot of Arizona fans were despondent after losing to Hawaii to start out the season. Um, and I, I think even looking at the schedule, Arizona fans sort of knew that, uh, you know, the earlier part of the schedule was going to be the easier part of the schedule with Texas Tech and Colorado and UCLA. And the schedule would sort of start to get real at Washington. Um, I think a lot of fans were not excited for that prospect after watching Arizona lose to Hawaii. And then uh, I think struggle with some of the, the second teamers in even against Northern Arizona, but you know, going on, going on the road, beating a Colorado team that did beat Arizona state, um, you know, beating UCLA with the backup quarterback, knocking off Texas tech at home, like that. And they just beat Oklahoma state. All of a sudden Arizona fans, I think are looking at this game with, some encouragement. They've, they've sold a lot of tickets for this game. Um, I'm sure Washington fans are actually like a little on the, like, as you said, like on the opposite end, right? Like coming in, um, a little disappointed after losing to Stanford, after feeling like the Huskies were kind of starting to put it together a little bit. Um, and you know, like all of a sudden Arizona doesn't look like a sort of a, a pushover. Yeah. I mean, I think, at least I, and I'm sure other fans might have shared my views, but um, I wrote something on BowDown2Washington.com, a website for much of our group, that I thought the key stretch of the season would be the USC and Stanford games. And, you know, it was looking like if we could get that Stanford win, um, you know, we'd have only one loss. But after the Cal game, I just thought that that was such a... It was such a bad loss because it showed... That we, that Washington had issues that were not going to be fixed. Like the run defense was going to be really hard to fix. Um, and the wide receivers dropping passes, like a lot of us were not surprised. Uh, and, and Peterson is, uh, he's hesitant to play the more talented younger receivers. And I guess for this game, like that's one of my hopes. Like are, are we going to see Puka Nakua? I mean, he, 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 he has one target all year where against Hawaii they put him in for one pass and he's caught like a 40-yard touchdown. And that's basically been it. So, you know, one one pass to him, one long touchdown. And, you know, they, they haven't even put him in for a quick slant or another go route. 
Uh, so that's been disappointing. And I just, the issues we have are, I mean, if a team can uh, exploit those, then we're going to look like a not very good team. If a team cannot exploit those issues, then we're going to look like, uh, you know, a top 15 team. But the, the schedule, now that we're in conference play, um, you know, the, these are three tough games coming up. On the road against Arizona, uh, and then we have Oregon and Utah at home. You know, all those teams like to run the ball. So I think these are difficult matchups. And yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. Because uh, if Washington loses this game, I mean, then the season could really fall apart. So yeah, it's, it's, I think it's interesting from, uh, from both perspectives. Yeah. And I mean, like, the, so, I mean, Beta Ring still likes the Huskies in this game. It has them as, you know, a rough, I mean, once you take into account it, the home field advantage, you know, roughly a four and a half point favorite, uh, in the game for the Huskies. Um, but there are sort of questions as you alluded to. I mean, like the, the Cal game was sort of a, the first game where you're like, wow, like, you know, Washington's defense last year, you would not have been able to run the ball like that. Um, like Cal did on, on putting together those long drives against them. Um, I thought the USC game was interesting because I thought a lot of people were sort of giving the Huskies a lot of pats on the back for that game. Um, but I think under the hood, if you looked at the box score, I thought it was troubling that USC ran for almost 200 yards. I mean, USC hasn't run the ball well. Like their offensive line play hasn't been good for years. Um, Sam Darnold covered it up for a little bit, but once he left, uh, I think the wheels really came off. Um, and then this year there with, uh, Harold there, they they are a, a much more pass forward team. I, I sort of looked at that and thought, ah, well, maybe what Washington decided to do was really drop, drop eight, you know, and like, you know, willing, will be willing to, you know, let USC run the ball, just take away the big plays from the wide receivers, which would make sense because USC's got some terrific receivers, but, then the Stanford game happened and Stanford was, you know, basically ran the ball right at Washington. Um, and when you looked at it, like the guys were just struggling to get off blocks. Um, the line, the linebackers are just, I mean, it's, it's like yeah. they, they don't know how to, how to defend the run. I mean, it's so, it's, it's kind of maddening, but it's, we knew even going into last year, we thought that like if Ben Burke Irvin last year, like if he gets hurt last year, like we're going to be in huge trouble. So we were really, fortunate last year that he didn't get hurt but we knew you know the hope was that Brandon Wellington would be pretty good and that uh, Jackson Sermon who's a redshirt freshman that he would get better as the year went on and it's not to say that Jackson Sermon's going to be a bust but he just you know he he's, might be a player that needs a couple years before he can make an impact and Brandon Wellington has been a huge disappointment he was a blue chip recruit he was playing really well uh, last year I mean he played a lot last year did a good job and so his performance has really been a huge disappointment and so um, it's just I think at the beginning of the year I mean also the secondary is kind of young so you don't I mean I wasn't yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of Jojo McIntosh but he was really good he was really good at run support and then also you had Taylor Rapp so you have younger safeties that are not quite the run defenders that we had and then the linebackers were just I mean they're just giving us nothing in terms of run defense and so any you know, anything that doesn't get held up, it, it, I mean, anything that gets past the first line is a threat to be, I mean, a, a 10, 15 yard run. Yeah, and I think you guys missed gains too. I mean, like, you know, he did a lot to, to keep the linebackers clean, you know, last right. year. Um, yeah, this, 
Arizona is because I think a lot of folks um, when like they think like Arizona has led the conference in rushing across two coaching staffs across a couple of years. Um, but Arizona, when you look at the tape, like they're they're not always a great inside running team. Um, so they're they're a zone blocking scheme primarily, like a lot of spread teams are. Um, they have incorporated some you know uh, man blocking power. Uh, and they'll run those, you know, uh, those counters now where you're pulling the guard and the tackle, um, that you see Oklahoma running. Um, but Arizona is a far better outside running team. Like most of their big runs last season came on outside zone. Uh, and it's partly because they, uh, the wide receivers, uh, are, are really good. And, and even this year's wide receivers are, are, are good at, uh, run blocking as well. It's something they sort of take pride in, but they, they're not always great at, at running the ball inside. Um, and I think when we look at like UCLA and Colorado have huge run pass splits, um, in, in the model. Um, they, they both rank as two of the very worst pass defense teams in the, in, in the country. Um, and if you're watching the Colorado Oregon game, which is going on while you're recording this, you are seeing that <laughs> in real time. Um, but UCLA isn't great at it either. And, you know, Arizona sort of chose, to, you know, to wisely to throw the ball against those teams. I think Khalil Tate had a really good game throwing the ball against that bad Colorado secondary last week. But I don't, I, I honestly don't know. I am interested to see. I think if there's one key to watch sort of early in the game on, on the offensive side of the ball for Arizona, defense for Washington is, you know, how does Arizona look running the ball if they, if they try to run inside zone? Um, you know, like where are, are they able to, to lock up on blocks and get into the second level or is it not working and then they have to go outside? Yeah, that's a good point. I did read something on a Husky site where they were saying that the Arizona style, style of running might, it might be a little bit easier on Washington. However, like Oregon and Utah would be more in the Stanford mold that that would give us problems. Uh, but what's interesting to me about Arizona is it seems like their defense is not horrible anymore. I mean, I'm looking at, <laughs> and, and I mean, the deep, you can, you can tell me what the numbers and also from watching the games, it's certainly not desert swarm. I mean, we'll, we'll probably, we'll probably never see another desert swarm. Um, by the, by the way, my biggest meltdown ever as a fan, uh, was that 1992 Washington lost to Arizona. Uh, but, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my biggest meltdown ever as a fan. Uh, who knows? Maybe it'll be eclipsed tomorrow night, but probably not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, um, and, and I did this for Stanford. Like, what's interesting is if, if you Stanford stats were really bad, but before the game, you look and you look at their their defense at home. They had only given seven points up to Northwestern. They only gave up 21 points to Oregon. That was a signal that. You know, Washington was not going to score like 30 points against them. And I think, I mean, looking at Arizona, uh, the, the Texas Tech game, that was only 21 to 14, right? Yeah. And then yeah. UCLA, they held to what, 19, 18 points? Yep. Yeah. So the, this Arizona defense is interesting because against Hawaii, they got torched. Um, and the, the coverage looked bad. But let, let, let me just interrupt you for a second. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like Hawaii, it seems like in every team that plays at Hawaii just looks terrible. As like, <laughs> as like a visiting team, like don't Alabama, go, can, Alabama <laughs> could probably go to, go down there and play Hawaii and they'd be losing like, 
you know, 14 to 7, like in the second quarter, and then they probably win like 50 to 20. But it just seems yeah. like every team that's like not like a top notch team that plays at, just don't do it. Like, don't schedule that game. No, I mean, it's at, like, unless you're on like probation and then schedule it like your bowl game. <laughs> Go to Hawaii. Um, no, I think that this, this Arizona team, like, I, a lot of people thought that the secondary was, was, was really not gonna, not gonna be a strength of the team after that, but they've really turned it around and they have been. Um, I, I think if you look across this team, what's, what's good and, and Arizona's running more of a 3-3-5 now. They've been, they put Anthony Pandy on the field and had three linebackers instead of a 4-2-5. Um, and so they pulled one of their defensive linemen. And I think that makes sense because the defensive line has not been a strength for this team. Um, but the secondary has, and, and the, the, the speed that Arizona has, um, and all these guys are pretty experienced, like Colin Schooler and, and Tony Fields are juniors. They've been playing since they were freshmen, um, and, and playing pretty well. They've seen a lot of football. Uh, they get downhill pretty quickly. They are able to usually plug some gaps. Um, and they especially are able, especially are able to close on the outside, um, out there. And, and Pandy's been good, uh, too. But the, the, the strength of Arizona, if you said like watching Colorado or even UCLA, um, they, they get the coverage holds for long enough and can be confusing enough. Yates throws a lot of looks out there at you, um, that, that the defensive line has enough time to, and they, they are terrible. They're, I think they're last in the conference in sacks, but they at least get you the quarterback to move off of his spot. And that's what they did to Montez last week. And Colorado's got a very effective offense. They have a very effective uh, passing offense with some very good wide receivers uh, and an experienced quarterback. But Montez struggled at times against uh, Arizona's coverage. And uh, eventually the, the pass rush had enough enough time to sort of get there. And they rotate a lot of guys. Like there's no real standout guy on the defensive line. Um, Arizona's corners are pretty experienced. Whitaker. Uh, is probably Arizona's best, uh, cover guy, uh, out there. But, um, yeah, there's, I mean, Burns, is, I mean, Burns is pretty good too. Uh, against Texas Tech, they actually moved Whitaker inside to one of the safety spots because Texas Tech's best wide receiver was in the slot. So Arizona can be sort of flexible depending on the situation. Yates almost always sends some mix of pressure. Um, out of there, but you'll also see some three man rushes, which are, are not super effective. So in, in theory, Easton should have time. What Arizona sort of banks on is that, uh, he won't find an open receiver on his first or second look. And then by the time he's at third or fourth look that somebody might be making a move. Well, even if they're open, uh, they might drop it. I think I saw, a stat, yeah. I, I think I saw a stat today from PFF, um, I apologize if I'm wrong, but it had something like for the, something about like the most drops on catchable balls. And like we had, it was just like a really horrible statistic. And if, and cause people are saying, well, like Eason, we didn't, you know, he's not playing well or he's not the quarter, you know, I told you he wasn't that good. I mean, people are not watching the games because in the Cal game, there were literally like five or six, like really egregious drops by the receivers. Uh, the Stanford game, there were a couple really bad drops. I mean, even Hunter Bryant, there were, uh, there were two throws to him. The first, well, actually, no, he, I think he, did he drop, oh, I'm sorry. I, I was terrible remembering this. 
they threw two throws to him, and I think he dropped one, but, like, it would have been a touchdown, and then the next one to him, like, Eason threw it way too hard. But a- anyway, my point is, and I said this, like, a week ago, that, like, Washington is probably going to go as its wide receivers go because when they're catching balls, you know, the offense really works. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's like an obvious it's an obvious statement, but that's also, I mean, the weak spot, the weak spots of the team, I mean, special teams are hugely improved over last year. The weak spots yeah, of the are. team, the weak spots of the team are basically linebackers and wide receivers. And so, you know, on defense, to some extent, you know, you might be able to cover that up. But offensively, I mean, if the, if the wide receivers are going to drop passes and play like pussies, which, I mean, they have too many times, then, you know, that, that's obviously not good. So, to, I mean, are the, are the corners, like, really physical? How do they, um, you know, how are they going to play this matchup? So they're not super physical. Like, what Arizona what Arizona mostly does is they are able, and they're not afraid. Like, last year they were, like, last, not last year, last game, they were more than willing uh, on occasions if they were setting pressure uh, to put Whitaker or Burns on an island. Um they're, they're, Arizona's corners uh, are smaller guys. I mean, as are a lot of corners that are, you know, playing in college football. Guys that were not really big enough to necessarily make it as a wide receiver. Um, and they're, but they're, they're, they're quick uh, and they're, they're experienced. They understand the coverage scheme. So Arizona's going to swap in and out of man and zone. Um, they're going to change levels on quarterbacks. Like I don't know if, uh, like last year. Um, one of the questions I had about, and I had questions about, say, Justin Herbert coming into the season, um, partly because he, he had a very inexplicable game against Arizona last year where it just looked like he couldn't read zone. Uh, and he, he threw some balls where he wasn't even pressured right to an Arizona player. And that's not hugely uncommon in, uh, with, with Arizona's defense that Arizona's defense there, they are, they are, Ball hawks, I guess you could say, but they're also giving giving the quarterback so many different looks um, out of the out of the zone out of the zone or man or you know or, or you know even like quarters type coverage where they're releasing. It's it, it, there's there's going to be a lot there for Easton to have to read, and it's that that I think I don't think Yates is. I mean, up until up until this season, I would have definitely said Yates should be should be fired, and is one of the worst play callers in the Pac-12. Um, I I don't I mean I I have to say like honestly like he's put the defense where I didn't think they would be so far this season. We'll see after this game, of course. Uh, but they're you know Washington's Washington like Colorado's got a very Colorado has a horrible defense. Like uh, Colorado has a very good offense. This. Um, they're not going to look, they may not look great tonight against Oregon's defense, but, um, you know, Washington is, Washington, I, I think they're, they, I don't know that you're, I would say that Washington's going to have a better receiver core than Arizona saw last week from Colorado, even with Chenault out last week. Um, I mean, I, I, I hope they play, uh, Nakua more. Like we, you know, I had questions coming into the season about Washington's wide receivers. Uh, and I thought that they might be willing to, to sort of get some of the younger guys involved, but it really hasn't panned out. I've been a little surprised at that given, I guess, given some of the results that they've had. Um, and especially like a game against like say Cal and maybe you don't want to give Nakua like a baptism of fire against a, a really good secondary like Cal, but, 
it's not like these. It's not like the guys that were starting were really lighting it up. Yeah, and I found that stat by the way. So the Huskies have dropped eleven percent of their catchable targets. Nearly, oh gosh. Ne- nearly double the rate last year, five point eight percent. Eleven percent is the highest in the Pac-12. So yeah, I mean, I think what what's also hurt um, in terms of wide receivers is Ty Jones, who. He did have, I think, some kind of an arm injury. Now, before last week, they said he was good to go. And they were probably, you know, weighing, like, are we going to redshirt redshirt him or not? You know, are we going to only play him four games? So, you know, it's possible that that we could see him in this game. And I think think he had six touchdowns last year. And he also had, um, you know, his, it's a team that struggles to to score touchdowns in the red zone. And yeah. some of his touchdowns were in the red zone. And even though, you know, even though he's been accused of being a little soft, the hope coming into the year was, okay, Ty Jones can be one of the receivers. You know, maybe he'll, maybe, you know, he's talented. He had a decent season last year. Maybe he could kind of have a breakout season. You know, Fuller on the other side, you know, he'll just be a number, a number two or a number three guy. And then Hunter Bryant and Kate Otten. So I think losing Ty Jones is hurt. And then, um, just they don't throw the ball to Terrell Bynum, who had a good spring, and then Puka Nakua, I think, is probably, I mean, he's better than Pacelli and Fuller right now, and they just, they don't, when he comes in, they only use him to block. And I, there was one play in the Stanford game where when he came in, it just looked like he didn't know where to line up. And so I think the issue is Peterson with these motions and shifts. Uh, yeah. His offense is too complicated. It's really that these younger receivers are just not, you know, they haven't picked it up. And it's surprising because if you look at um, – Peterson has pl- – he has played young receivers like in every past season. Like this has been the one season where you haven't seen young receivers play. And also he's pl- he's rotating guys at every position basically except uh, quarterback and offensive line. And so um, that, that would be an X factor if Ty Jones plays tomorrow. I mean, I'd, I'd be a little surprised if he played. Um, so I, I think he's – you know, he's hurt the offense. Um, but on another note, I think, uh, do you know anything about the status of J.J. Taylor? Because the little bit I've watched of Arizona over the years, I mean, it just seems like uh, with Tate and Taylor, I mean, that's just a phenomenal quarterback running back tandem. I mean, J.J. Taylor is an exceptional running back. Yeah, and he really does hit. I mean, the, for Arizona's zone, zone running scheme, I don't think any of the other backs read the cutback. Uh, that's available in, in a zone blocking scheme the way Taylor does. Um, I have, n- I have, I believe Taylor is going to be likely to play in this game, uh, from what I've heard. Um, they held him out of Colorado sort of as a precautionary measure. Also, they just, they made a decision to sort of stick with the pass and, and, and ride that, um, out. I, if you, if Taylor doesn't play, you'll see Arizona's, Arizona's, I've been impressed. I mean, they, this, this staff has done a good job in, uh, identifying talent and, and bringing it into Tucson. Some guys that maybe, I mean, if you're Arizona, you're not going to be out there recruiting, you know, a bunch of four and five star guys. Um, but they've got some guys in Bam Smith and Michael Wiley behind Gary Brightwell and Nathan Tilford, who are just phenomenal pass catchers. And I think that's made a difference in the sort of Noel Mazzoni offense. But I do want to ask you one question. Like, so um, going back to Washington's offense, like 
last year, I thought Gaskin didn't get enough credit because I think the offensive line wasn't as good as people thought last season. I thought Gaskin got a lot of yards after contact that really helped out the offense. Um, my, if you're in Arizona, I mean, as an Arizona fan, like my fear in this game is that Washington's able to really run the football and then that just sets up Eason with a strong arm to just sit back and play play action game all game. <laughs> um, I do not want to watch that movie, just FYI. <laughs> but, um, but I mean that like Washington's offensive line, I, I think, I think they're playing a little better than they were last season, but I, I still wonder because like, they they can kind of struggle like they struggle like Stanford's defense played better than um than they had a lot of the season especially in the secondary I mean no one's like UCF USC no one seemed to be afraid of even throwing at Paulson Adebo a guy who's likely going to be a first round pick when all is said and done um but Washington I mean struggled to run the ball Newton got injured uh, against Stanford um and then I think you know like when when push came to shove, like Stanford's pass defense played better than they have all season uh, against the Huskies. But do you have confidence? I mean, like without Newton would be a huge add in here because I think Arizona's defense struggles on, on inside running. Um, do, do Ahmed and uh, who's the other who's McGrew. the backup behind? Yeah, do you think that those two? I mean, we haven't seen a lot of McGrew, but Newton was the much bigger physical guy and seemed to almost become like the new you know top running back for Washington. Do you think that they have enough? To, to really establish the inside run game against Arizona? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I think... Um, I mean, Ahmed, coming before the last game, he was leading the conference in rushing, actually. I know that it was only through week five, Um and, I mean, he does have some detractors, but I, I feel like he's been getting better. I, I don't, um, a lot of his stats last year, like, people thought he was just an outside guy. I think he is, um, he is most effective to the outside, but, I mean, he has improved his all-around game bit by bit, I would say. I mean, I think McGrew, um, I think he does okay when he runs inside. Um, it's... Yeah, I mean, Newton definitely is the guy to um, run inside, and I, I was reading that yeah, he would be a, he would be very well suited for this game. Um, I just it, it, in the last game, like I think they they didn't they didn't give Ahmed enough carries. They didn't use McGrew enough. I mean, McGrew is a good change of pace guy, and he's also he's really good in the pass game, and that's something that's kind of been a disappointment. Um, for the offense, like we thought that, you know, we'd see passes to running backs and McGrew's really well suited for that. I, last year, he actually had some huge, um, catches, uh, in the Oregon game. He basically let, I mean, he had a, a screen that he turned into like a 30 or a 40 yard game. He did the same thing against Cal, um, you know, which could have, which could have been a significant scoring drive. So, um, but as far as running inside, it's I'm just not knowledgeable enough to know. Um, I think I mean as far as the offensive line, like I didn't have a great view of the game. Like I went to Stanford and okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I mean I was trying to find it on YouTube to rewatch it, but 
I mean, it, it's surprising because I, I think the offensive line, I mean, it should be clearly better than last year. And, I mean, your point about Gaskin is a good one. I mean, he, I think he was really hurt last year. And when he was playing against Stanford, I mean, that was a very significant game. Like, I rewatched that game a couple times. And, like, in the second half, he was just – there were parts of it where he was actually running away from contact. Like, you could tell he was playing hurt. Yeah. Um, so – but, I mean, the, the hope this year for the offense was, you know, we're going to have a much better passing offense, and that's really going to open things up for the run game. So, obviously, Ahmed and McGrew, I mean, they're no Gaskin, but, you know, you have a quarterback who can really make all the throws. You have two good tight ends. Yeah, you have a little weakness at receiver, but it, it just with the players that Washington has on its offense, it's just, it, it's been a real big disappointment. So... I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure what what kind of game plan they're going to have tomorrow. I mean, if um, obviously if Newton was healthy, I'd say you know I think they're probably going to come out and try and pound it. They may still try and do a little bit of that, um, but that's not the. I would say that's not the strength of Ahmed in the group. But I mean, Ahmed he is a really he is a really dangerous back because I mean he is a guy who can take it all away as we saw in the USC game. Oh yeah, he's, so, got, he's got wheels. Yeah, and so, um, like, he, he is dangerous in that regard. Like, I, I think they really need to get him a lot more touches because, um, you know, he's a guy that has explosive play potential. So I, that was a really long answer to your question. No, no. I mean, I think Washington's tight ends could be a difference maker in this game because I, I do, Arizona struggled, uh, in the Hawaii game on routes on the interior of the pass defense. So, yeah, let, yeah, let, let me just interrupt you. Hunter Bryant had a horrible game, uh, he had a horrible game last week, so he'll probably be looking to bounce back. But yeah, they, I was going to say the Arizona Hawaii game, like I remember watching that, it seemed like, like Arizona's defense was having so much trouble, but then they were like getting so many takeaways there in the second half. Like it was just, how many turnovers is that? <laughs> how many turnovers? Arizona, Arizona finished. Plus five on turnovers and lost the game. And how many points did they give up? Uh, forty-one, I think. Yeah, I mean, just it was a hideous. I guess it's hideous. not that bad. <laughs> no, it yeah. was like the, the the trouble. Like it was the same route. I mean, the, the were, interior. Were, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was bend routes and yeah. seam routes. Just uh, the linebackers were, you know, either not doing the coverage. The safeties were not picking up releases. It was. It looked like they didn't even know the coverage calls uh, for long stretches of the game. And Hawaii's got a bunch of, you know, the run, they, they run the run and shoot. They've got a bunch of super talented wide receivers. But I would say as an Arizona fan, I mean, I, I think Texas Tech tried to exploit that. You know, it, it may be something that you, in, as an Arizona fan, you feel like they've handled. But at the same time, it's something like Arizona hasn't faced a talented tight end um, like Washington's going to roll out and, you know, in this game, because not just Bryant, but Kate Otten's also pretty good. Yeah, he is. And yeah, Bryant had, there was one, there was one play where they both ran into each other in the second half, just to show you how ridiculous the, uh, the game plan and execution was. And you were mentioning a Debo before, like we were throwing, there were two or three key plays where we were throwing to Andre Pacelli against him, which, I mean, I don't like to single out individual players, but, like, he's just not... I mean, Andre Bocelli is just fast, and he can catch two or three-yard passes. Like, he never breaks a tackle. You know, he struggles against Conso. It's, it, it just seemed really bizarre 
you know, like, why are we throwing on key downs to this guy who's being guarded by, like, a near all-American corner? Like, it just... It was just baffling. So, I, yeah, I mean, it was it was a really bad performance. So, I mean, I guess, you know, Washington is probably, a, you know, of course you really want to win the game, but I don't know, maybe there's that extra impetus to really have a bounce-back performance. Yeah, well, and you feel like, too, I mean, I and I said this before the season, I, I, I thought this, with everything that Washington lost on defense and sort of where they finished last season offensively, which wasn't that great, that this was a year that I, I like, you know, I expected, like, Washington fans should get excited about progress because, like, look for the young players on defense to start to figure out because they'll almost all be back for 2020. And then hopefully Arizona, you know, or not Arizona, hopefully Washington makes some progress on offense because if so, like, if you have the kind of, like, you know, the, all that defensive experience coming back that's ready to play and, you know, the, they, they do have great scheme and play calling up there. Then, you know, if, if Eason's in his second year, you feel pretty good. Like the, you know, the Huskies could be really primed, um, you know, to do something big. Uh, but I, and I still think that's true. I just, I want to see more progress out of their offense to sort of buy into that. Um, at the, for, from everything along from player development to play calling. Like I, I just think that it's, it's not where, it's not where I'm going to have a ton of confidence. Like if I had to base it off this half, first half of their season, I wouldn't have a ton of confidence coming into the off season. Like so, I hope I hope they do turn a corner because I I think the Pac-12 as a whole needs, you know, the Huskies who are uh, who are one of the Pac-12 powers and have recruited well and are not a total basket case like USC to really <laughs> sort of carry the banner. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, and I think most of our listeners feel that. I mean, that, after the Stanford game, it just seemed like, at least for me, and I think a lot of people probably had the same opinion that, you know, like we've seen enough from this offense. Like we, he, he Peterson needs to bring in because his offense is really not like even in 2016. Like it, it struggled against five of the teams. Like I include Arizona in that. I mean. It only scored, I think, 28 points in regulation. So I, I include Arizona in that group. There were five games where it really struggled. You know, you had Cal and Oregon's defenses were, I don't know if you were doing stats that year, but I mean, they were like, yeah, was. those were probably like two of the like 10 worst defenses like we've ever seen, I would think. Yeah. They were literally just horrifically bad. And there's just been too many games. Um, Significant games where Washington's, I mean, they're scoring 13 points or 7 points or 14 points or 17 points. Like, they really, and for the talent that's been recruited, I mean, last year we thought, okay, well, you know, Browning, he's, you know, he's, he's okay. He's not great. He's holding the offense back, but, you know, Easton will, you know, now we're going to have more talent and that's going to fix it. But no, my realization is that, and you were right about this because we were tweeting at each other, I think, before the season started. And my realization is, okay, talent cannot fix a shitty scheme. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. there's just, there's I mean, Peterson needs to bring in someone from the outside and really let go. And I mean, because even a lot of Washington Twitter people, myself included, you know, we thought, you know, it's probably good that Jonathan Smith is gone. You know, we'll get somebody who's better. And I mean, look what he's completely done. I mean, <laughs> you just need to look, all you need to do is look at that to tell you, like, how that Peterson really needs to give up control of his offense. 
I mean, I tell you, like tomorrow, if you if you have time, Pac-12 fans, like watch that Oregon State Utah game because Oregon State's offense right now in beta rank grades out as the number five offense in the country. Um, and that is not just like a quirk where I'm doing like stupid math or something like that. They grade out at number 12 in S and P plus. Um, this is a high octane offense. That's really like Smith has it going with, uh, and they like Pierce and Jefferson are two of the best backs you're going to see in the conference. Luton has just been lighting him up. Um, you know, and that wide receiver Hodgkins is just great. Like they, they, I expect if they are able to, to, in any way, slow down Utah's pass rush, um, that you, Oregon State could make that game a lot closer than people expect. Now, yeah. Oregon State's defense is right. god awful. <laughs> I mean, like one of the worst in the country. So, like, Oregon State has a huge split between their offense and defense. So, when I say closer than people expect, it might be 10 points instead of 14, but, um, the Beavers should be fun to watch tomorrow. Yeah, I think after watching last year, I thought Jefferson was actually the best back in the Pac-12. Yeah, he was great. And, I mean, like Pierce, you'd, you'd sort of heard things about him in the spring, and then he got injured against Ohio State, and you didn't see him the rest of the year because of the injury. But he's really been back number one for them, and he's been very good. Um, yeah, I mean, but you, your point's there. I mean, like with Smith, like Peterson – He's an offensive guy. I think he sort of has a lot of his own ideas there. Um, you know, and he has, for the most part, liked to stay within the staff because I think he believes in his system. But the Huskies are at a point where, you know, you're, you only are going to have so many times, like, I mean, and, and maybe the Huskies, you know, feel like they can, maybe you guys feel like you can always run out an excellent defense out there. You gotta, you gotta take your shot, you know, like next year, I expect the defense to be in the top 10 again, you know, probably in the top five. You really, you don't want to be running out there with a, an offense that's not going to get you there, you know, like if you've got that chance, because there's so many times in college football where, you know, you have one unit that ends up being very good and another unit that's just not quite there and it ends up holding the team back. Like if, if you're Washington, like, you kind of have to have like a look in the mirror. I mean, I, I almost feel like Oregon probably has to have a very similar look in the mirror about Marcus Arroyo, but, um, like you, you got to have an honest look at the mirror because you, you've got to, you, you've got to maximize your chance and maximize your talent. And I mean, to be honest, like hiring a talented offensive coordinator that should be able to do better than what they're doing. If you're Washington, isn't going to be that hard. Like there's a lot of guys that are going to jump at that offer. I mean, just think about it. If we would have let Jonathan Smith give, give, give him full control a couple of years ago, maybe we could have made the playoff one of those years. Yeah, I mean, that that 17 year, like when you guys replaced a lot of talent on that defense, like I know S&P, which is a yards based model, has the, had the defense a little higher. But I mean, that offense could have even like could have easily, you know, like if they had scored a little higher, carried you guys in because they, they finished out at 14, which is even a little higher than they had the year before with Jonathan Ross. And I think I think Smith was really growing in. um Growing as a play caller too over time at Washington. And I, you can see like, he's a very sharp, thoughtful guy. I think Oregon State made a real good hire there, but Peterson probably, I mean, you just, you, you hope he's not sort of wedded, wedded to it, you know, like that he can make a change, that he can adapt, um, and maybe make a change to the offense. Cause, uh, yeah, like I, I think next year, like I still look at the defense and think, yeah, like I think they're going to be really good next year. Like I think they'll put it together. Um, 
you know, they're going to be some growing pains, you know, still this year, but yeah, to, you want, you want the offense, like, cause Eason's a talent, like you want to take advantage of that. Yeah. I mean, assuming he comes back, you know, we're going to be in really good shape. It, it, you know, provided that we, you know, Peterson does make the change there and it's not just like a cosmetic change. And also the talent, yeah. the in-state talent, there's four five-star guys uh, in, in the 21 class, including the number one player in the country. So, I, I mean, like, the, you're, you're right at, like, this, this is the time to really seize it and go for it. And so we yeah. don't, it, it, it's, it's like as fans, you know, you want your team to be the best it can be. Like when you're mediocre, you know that, you know, you're not going to be competing for championships. But when you're at the level Washington is now, and you have a great coach like Peterson, and, and you know, the recruiting is, you know, everything's going pretty well, and there's there's talent in the pipeline, and you, you have potential to recruit, you know, a historic class in 21. And it's just as a fan, it's, it's frustrating because we've, we've seen, I mean, other than, you know, a few games in 2016 against shit teams. I mean, the offense, this has been, I mean, maybe you can tell me because, I mean, you've followed Dia for a while, but it seems like going back to Boise, like he hasn't had a good offense since Kellen Moore, like objectively speaking. Yeah, I mean, and it's tough because, and um, we talked about this a little bit, maybe it was before we started recording, but the difference between excellent and very good is actually pretty big. Um, in college football, like the difference between Oklahoma's offense, like a, a number one, number two type offense or the offense that Alabama is running now um, and the number four or five offense is as large as the number five offense and the number 25 offense. Um, like there, there's just a, there's just an extra bonus for being excellent there. Um, that's hard to achieve. And I think if you're, if you're Washington, you certainly look at it and you feel like you have, you're, you're starting to put together that kind of talent level. And you can, I mean, I say this all the time about teams, like you can hire guys that come in on our difference makers. Like you see it over and over. Like that, that, that Cal defense, which is having a bit of a down year off of where they were last year, but is still very good. They were terrible under Sonny Dykes. I mean, and it's not like they got a bunch of like A plus five star guys to come in there. You know, like it was DeRoyter and Wilcox. Like they really have done a terrific job on that defense. I, th- I feel like the same thing. Like Washington, and this also isn't, this isn't 2015 anymore where Bama was winning titles with, you know, a very, very good elite defense and a merely good offense. Like those days are gone. Um, Again, and, and Alabama right now and, and Clemson when they've won the title, um, Georgia right now, uh, they are teams that have excellent offenses and excellent defenses. And that's what it's going to take in the playoff. I mean, that's why you see the sort of very unequal matchups, uh, in the playoff is you oft, they often get matched up with teams that just aren't as good on one side of the ball. Um, and Saban and Sweeney and, um, you know, Kirby Smart, they're, they're recruiting to and, and hiring play callers to, to, to compete, you know, hard on both sides of the ball. And Washington's going to, Washington's going to have to make that same decision because I really think you have an elite staff on defense. I think you've got the players, you know, you guys just lost a ton off last year. Um, offense, you know, like it just, I think with Smith, like you guys, if Smith was still there, I think you could, I think you could talk me into like, yeah, they're going to make a leap. Cause I, I think you could, you feel it like seeing Smith now too. Like, you know, like he was really figuring it out. Um, 
without like, with Hamden, I'm just I'm not bought in. So I don't, no, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't even blame him at this point. I mean, it's just I get tired when fans are blaming him because he's just a scapegoat for the. Nothing has changed, and it's like I said. I yeah. mean, it still looks like it. The offense still looks like it did a couple of years ago. And you look at the, the like, like I said, the talents that, that's there. I mean, the offensive line really should be the best that it's been in three years. Um, you know, you have very strong tight ends. I mean, you have a deep backfield. I know Newton just got hurt. Ahmed has explosive play potential. I mean, he's improved. Um, you know, even Aaron Fuller at receiver, I mean, he's had some really good games, right? but he's been really inconsistent. And so, yeah, g- going back to the Arizona game, I mean, for me, that's like a huge tell. Like, yeah, I mean, if they're, if Washington comes out, throw, you know, throwing the ball a little bit and Fuller is catching passes and running around guys, you know, that's a good sign for Washington. But if he's, Dropping passes and he gets hit a couple times, that's a really good sign for Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in Arizona, I mean, like, Arizona doesn't have the greatest special teams coming into this game, and Washington really improved where they were last year. Um, you know, in Arizona's offense, it usually helps out the defense a little bit. Arizona's offense doesn't go through and out a lot. They haven't turned the ball over a ton, and so that's an advantage they sort of, I guess you could say, sort of carry into this game. Um, and they, you know, Washington's defense, they're 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 better at sort of like using the the length of the field, you know, their drive efficiency, which is a, a metric that I measure, um, which sort of controlling for everything else, like did you manage to get off the field or not? And it, it tries to control for, um, you know, like the because college football is interesting. Like if you just measure plays and yards, you don't necessarily get the full picture because drives are about stringing plays together. It's about a sequence of events, and that's what I try to sort of capture a bit with drive efficiency. And Washington's pretty good at drive efficiency, but they um, they have struggled sometimes. Like you saw, uh, we saw in Stanford and, and in USC, like they were they were pretty good at keeping points off the board, but they gave up some yards. Um, and Arizona needs to flip the field a little bit to keep their deep, to give their defense a little bit of a shot, I think, in, in this game. You know, like a, not a little bit of a shot. I mean, but like a better shot in this game to, to get off the field themselves. Um, I'm interested. Arizona's got a very young wide receiver core that has not faced anything like Washington secondary talent or anything like Washington's press coverage and, and high safety looks that they're going to see in this game. Arizona loves to put up big plays. Like this offense is a big play offense. Like they do not mess around on um, drive efficiency at all. They grade out at 108 in drive efficiency. So they, if you, the more the more you can keep Arizona on the field, limiting them to small gains and making them get first down, you know, first down after first down after first down, the more likely they are going to be to to end up on the sideline. They. Um, for for wide like for Arizona's the, like wide receivers in this game, guys like Castile, Joiner, you know, like guys that have caught, you know, there's no one guy and you know for this Arizona wide receiver core. I'm interested to see how they perform uh, against this Washington secondary and how how Tate performs against the secondary because he's made a bit of progress since last season uh, on his completion rate, you know, and, and finding the check down. Arizona's backs, especially the young guys, Wiley and Smith, have a lot of catches that they didn't have last year. So, it'll the the passing game I think is going to be interesting here because I think Washington's good, but they're they're not like 
like they were last year or like when they're really rolling where you're just afraid to throw the ball, <laughs> you know, like against them. Like, yeah. I think some of these guys are still learning on the job and, and next year, I will not be looking forward to facing these guys at all. This year, I'm like, oh, you're, you're still figuring it out a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, I, I would think, yeah, I mean, I would just be concerned about Tate running and then also Arizona's running. I mean, J.J. Taylor. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, he, like if they really feed him and, uh, you know, it, it's hard to – Based on you know the matchups and the inside and the outside running, you know, sometimes it's hard to predict how that goes. But like, let's just presume that Washington and its linebackers still have the issues that they've had uh, in, in against other teams this year. I mean, if they feed JJ Taylor, he, he's going to get over 150 yards, and I think that's where you could, you know, you, you could really get the the not massive jump plays, but you're getting you know seven, ten, twelve, eight, six. You know those those yeah. types of games. Well, and watch out for. I mean, th- th- that's true. I mean, like I, I think if Arizona, if Arizona is able to run the football in this game um, without necessarily having to have, and, and Tate does not. This is not a Rich Rodriguez offense. Like Tate's not going to run twenty five times a game. Um, but at the same time, like Washington's press coverage, I think can struggle with a mortal uh, a mobile quarterback a bit because the 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 corners and you know outside they often have their back to the quarterback um and like we saw this in the last time they played and it was i mean it was brandon dawkins of all people for arizona but he had himself a game against washington <laughs> I mean, probably probably his best game all season um and in that i mean in that game like he was able to to break out runs um you know, where Washington lost contain on the pass rush, um, and he just took off. That could be there for Tate in the, in this game. And I think that might, it, like, Arizona's not going to have to play perfectly to win, but they're going to have to play really well. Uh, and I think that if, uh, if they do, it, it might be something where there is some sort of, you know, Tate runs more than we see him run again this season against this Washington defense because that could be very dangerous. But if, if they are able to get Taylor going, which they haven't really tried to this season, some of it maybe struggles on our offensive line and some of it may be, um, just leaning into the, the passing game, you know, because that's what the defense was giving us. Uh, if they are able to get Taylor going, then, uh, Washington, Washington, it could be a very close game all night. Um, if Taylor gets going, cause you're right. I mean, like that'll, that'll open up everything, uh, then, but t- like Tate's always, like I say this every game, he hasn't really been a wild card. He wasn't last year because of the ankle. He just hasn't run a ton this year. I say like, Oh yeah, like it could be a wild card. Like if Tate runs, you know, all bets are off. Um, I don't know. We haven't seen him run a ton. So, uh, that's still true. Like you still have to keep an eye on him because he's probably the most explosive player on either team. But, um, he's, he's definitely more comfortable sitting back and passing. Um, uh, but it, Washington's probably still going to, you know, leave a spy on him like most teams do, uh, through the game. Okay. I've kept you too long. So uh, one more question before you tell me what the beta rank prediction is, but. Uh, with respect to Washington's defense, I mean, turnovers, like master of the obvious here. Okay, turnovers are important, but I mean, if you look at the USC, excuse me, USC and BYU games, and even the Hawaii game, Washington's defense forced turnovers. The defense looked really good. So, um, you know, against Stanford, they didn't even come close to getting a turnover. So to me, that's also another, 
issue in the game is, is you know, can Arizona uh, take care of the ball? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Arizona is not going to be able to win this game if they finish negative on turnovers, unless like Tate, unless Tate runs for 150 yards or something. Um, that's absolutely. I mean, and, and, and if you're Washington, if you finish, you know, at zero, you know, at the very least on turnovers, you feel pretty good about your chances to win because Beta Ranks got them with a 74% chance to win this game. They're roughly a four and a half point favorite in Beta Rank. Um, that's less than Vegas had it open. The Vegas line got bet down a bit, um, with a lot of money coming in early actually against that nine and a half point line when it opened. Uh, I, I, I mean, I liked, I mean, I picked the Huskies, you know, I do a weekly column. Uh, I mean, it's not really a column, but a weekly picks and analysis of games. Um, I picked the Huskies in the game. I had them closer to, to four points than nine or 10, uh, in the game. I, 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 I think it's going to be an interesting game. I mean, uh, with a, with, for both teams, like with, um, some of the young parts of both teams sort of going against each other. I, I, I'm, re- I'm actually really excited to see this game. Cause I, like this, this, I would, I also have to say as an Arizona fan, I wouldn't also be surprised if Washington really just blew the doors off them. Like, and, um, and, and, and won by as much as 14, uh, in this game that, you know, that I, the, the, I feel like the model's got a, I mean, the, by this point in the season, the model's got a pretty good read on most teams. Um, but Washington still has a lot of talent uh, there at at the positions that at, that Arizona just doesn't have. And you, you know, if, if Washington comes out of that Stanford game really focused, um, you know, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think I had one more thing. I apologize. I just I was looking at Arizona's schedule. I got distracted. Um. Oh, it'll probably come to me later. Well, on that note, Rob, uh, thanks for thanks so much for staying up with us. I know this dragged on. No, it's all right. I talk uh, too much. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do as well. Now, t- tell our tell our listeners uh, how they can follow you on Twitter and your website and all the stuff about Beta Rank and and, yeah, see, and your podcast as well. Yeah, so you can find me at. at- beta underscore rank underscore fb on twitter um we have a or i have a website sharp college football um and that's sharpcollegefootball.com and it's got all of the beta rank numbers on there um i have rankings in-depth stuff i have a team comparison tool you can compare any two teams i've 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 uh i've got data student google's data studio on the front end of it right now so the it's it's got some nice visuals that are pretty easily available there and it all the way through to like a program tracker where you can look at your team how your program's been doing going all the way back to 2012 uh, and then we do a um uh bryant and i we do 12 pack radio which is a uh, pack 12 podcast and we've recently added mac Meyer from Sports Illustrated, who, uh, who handles all of Sports Illustrated's gambling onto that podcast, uh, and I think we do a really good job. Like we uh, we mostly keep it to now to an hour and try to only talk about football. So you are not going to get our movie advice or anything like that <laughs> in the pod. Um, but yeah, like I. I uh, I, I, I love talking Pac-12 football. Uh, I have a lot of Husky fans that I interact with on Twitter. Uh, you guys are a, uh, engage, one of the more engaged fan bases in the Pac-12. So, uh, yeah, I 
appreciate any follows and uh, reach out with any questions, comments, nasty remarks. You can tell me I'm terrible at math. Like people, people do that. I like I had like this season, last season it was Texas fans. This season it's it was Michigan fans until the Wisconsin game and that shut them up. But <laughs> oh yeah, it, it popped. Okay, yeah. I guess one comment, one more question for you. My comment was I was going to say that beta rank your work had the Cal game and the Stanford game. You both had, I mean, beta rank spread for that game was much less than the actual spread, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, beta rank, yeah, so uh, beta rank against the spread uh, picked uh, picked against the Huskies in both of those games. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's had some good weeks this season. I mean, two weeks ago it went 70% against the spread. Um, it's usually somewhere around, uh, 58, you know, 59% against the spread in the middle of the season. There are some weeks, of course, where, uh, it goes below 50%. I'll be honest, but yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I, if you've seen S and P, um, it's similar to that. I, I have a bit more of a maths background. Um, so if you have any questions on how the models are put together or anything, feel free to reach out. Okay, and my last question is, off the top of your head, can you tell us where Washington is ranked, like, overall in the model and then offense, defense, special teams? Yeah, absolutely. So Washington's number 19 in the model. Um, they are number 28 on offense, and they come in at number 30 on defense. Uh, and I have to look up special teams. Hold one second. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no worries. It's, it's probably pretty high, though. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've taken a big jump off of last season where they were. Oh, man, Chrome, don't freeze up on me now. Um, they've taken a big jump off of they were last season. Last season, it was one of the things that really hurt them um, considerably uh, over over the season. Um it takes a little second. Like these are all embedded reports from Data Studio, and it takes just a second to load. People people tell me that all the time, and I am sorry. It will get better eventually once Data Studio gets a little more investment in it. Um, well, in our society so, nowadays, we want everything like instantaneously. I know, and I I just want to tell people like I appreciate your patience. Like there's a it's it's making a call to a server to load this report. Um, so special teams for Washington are 44, uh, which is a huge and like that may sound like hey that's not that high, but where they were last year, which I believe they finished out the season in above 100, like that's a huge improvement um, and something that adds positive to uh, Washington's points per game. Okay, well, on that note, Rob, uh, we've got to hang it up, but thanks so much for taking the time to come on. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'll mention this. If there's like a if – it's, if it's Washington against Arizona for the Pac-12 title, then we could do this again. But, I mean, you can tell – <laughs> I don't know what beta rank says the odds of that happening are. I'm probably guessing it's in single Not points. high. Yeah. Not high. Like, I would like the, it's probably below yeah, 5%. Washington. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the two-game cushion that the Ducks have at the moment isn't great in the North, and Arizona's still not I – mean, like, Utah's still the favorite in the South, um, given given their schedule, even with uh, being one, one behind in the loss column currently. 
But the South's a mess. I don't know. I mean, like, Arizona could win it. What the heck? I mean, Arizona State could win it. The only team I feel con- the only team I feel confident eliminating in the South is uh, UCLA. <laughs> All right, Rob, on that note, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, hopefully we can do this again another time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, Jimmy, it's time for our preview and prediction segment. It's Friday evening. How you doing, brother? Fantastic, my friend. Getting ready for an 8 p.m. kickoff. I'm just, we're just hours away, buddy. It's going to be a long day before we get to kickoff to see what, uh, what good old Peterson has in store for our lowly offense. Yeah. That's right, brother. So, what are your, what are your initial thoughts on this game? Huskies are, I believe, <clears throat> six six and a half point favorites. Uh, the guy I just had on, Rob Bowron, his beta rank has the Huskies as I think four or four and a half point favorites. So it's good to have a beta rank in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's aptly named for our team, right? For sure. Um, I, I think you know, obviously. It'll be important to see how they respond after that porous performance against the powerful third. Uh, you know, I think if Arizona comes in with some swag and, you know, they're playing good football and Tate's uh, on point, then it's probably going to be a tough game for Washington to win, especially where, you know, the blueprint has been laid out very clearly. You just look to road grade our defense attack the middle <laughs> and uh you know all you have to do is defend fuller since all the targets go to him and you know <laughs> you just kind of watch where hunter bryant goes and worry about him a little bit try to get easton to hold on to the ball uh for you know more than three seconds because that's usually when you know trouble happens and don't don't pay attention to the running backs that much just tackle them if they get the ball <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean i i don't i i can't give you quite a preview chess because i don't have a lot of confidence that much is going to change from what we've seen, especially depending on whether the young guys had a decent practice. If they had a bad practice this week, then there's no shot of us seeing some of of the younger guys. But, you know, maybe give them a little taste of the action, and uh, maybe that spurs them to practice a little bit harder. I I think it's really hard, though, to to give you a really clear prediction on what my thoughts are going to be because, frankly, I don't know. I mean, I, I did have some concern about Stanford originally just because, you know, we haven't done well down there historically for the last bit. And, you know, Stanford has our number a little bit. I don't, you know, Arizona, last time we were there, I think we what, went into overtime with Browning, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and to go back to Stanford, they're 
I mean, they had only given up at home. They had only given up 21 points to Oregon and 7 points to Northwestern. So their defense at home, having looked at that, there was a real threat that our offense would not get to 30 points. Well, that was clear. They didn't even. <laughs> well, based on, on Rob's model, who, who I just did a preview with, like we should have scored 23 according to his model. Well, his model was wrong. So, well, we, no, it just means we left a lot of points on the field. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. Um, yeah, but, I think, uh, I, I, personally, I think Arizona is the smart money for tomorrow. Um, I, I guess, like, what, what would be fixed in one week? I think effort can definitely be fixed. Attitude. The idea that you want to be out on the field and play, I think those are fixable. We've already talked about the deficiencies over and over and over again. I don't know necessarily how you're going to mask those deficiencies in a week, but I certainly can say effort is one area that can be vastly improved. So I want to see some better effort. Yeah, and I'd love to see at least maybe some simpler things on offense and actually getting the young receivers a few targets. I'm not saying I'm betting on that happening, but I, I think we all would feel really good about that if we saw Osborne get a few targets and Puka, you know, get three to five targets. Absolutely. I, I think that would be fantastic. I think I hope to see – I don't want to see bubble screens. I don't really want to see slants. No empty. Uh, yeah, no empty. I, I understand there's some logic behind that in regards of Eason understanding if it's zone or man, uh, though it just uh, puts you in a position where he hasn't. There, there's no threat of a run play of any kind. Uh, you, you pretty much know it's coming from from a defensive standpoint. And we know the receivers that are have you know the receiver that's heavily targeted for Eason. So, and the other part is that the other receivers, frankly, right now just aren't putting a lot of fear in the opposing defense. So just being Bocelli, yeah. Because you say the other receivers, we basically only have two. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you're just not giving the defense a lot to think about. Is what, you know, I guess I'm trying to get across. And I think, you know, being on the road, I don't think the 8 p.m. kickoff is all that great, uh, as well. I mean, waiting all day to play, that's probably not a good thing for our guys. Yeah, we're 0 and 2 in night games. You know, the, all the, the waiting is, you know, and, you know, the point that Hugh talked about, Peterson, you know, is reflecting that he's pretty uptight. And that, you know, rubs off onto the team. So hopefully we see a little bit of a looser team um, that's just willing to look to have a little bit of fun on the field. I guess that's what I'm looking for. Even if it doesn't result in a victory, how about a little change in the way they carry themselves as a team? Because, I mean, you were already worried about a lost season after the Cal game. I mean, if there's a loss tomorrow night, it's a lost season. Oh it's yeah, a, it's going to get ugly. Yeah, it's going to be 
Right it may be better in the long run because it'll force Pete to make changes, but I would never want that. Correct. No yeah. one would ever hope for that. I'm still hoping that we can somehow salvage this season. Maybe if, you know, maybe if we're lucky, we can win this game, win one of the Utah and Oregon games, win the other three games, and then we're 9-3 and three with a chance to win 10 games. That's my hope. Yeah, I think that's wishful thinking. That's a nice thought. Well, I, I think eight and four is probably more likely, but um, yeah, I mean that's my realistic hope. Yeah, and they got to win tomorrow. Uh, you know, Oregon's going to be a difficult win. Utah is looking like a, you know that's we've had their number. It's at home. That's helpful, but still very concerning on the road at Colorado. And, you know, the Beavs. Look at Jonathan Smith. That's, Jonathan. that's going to be tougher than the Colorado game. Yeah, I mean, and then you follow up with the Kings. The Beavs, their offense is really good. I mean, their defense is really bad, but their offense is really good. Well, if they have a really good offense and their defense is really bad, then, you know, they're, all their defense is going to attempt to do is just have our offense make mistakes. Yeah. No, I mean if 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 you were if you were Oregon State, I was just thinking about this, like they should go for it on every fourth down. Yeah. And just not and not punt. Yeah. And if our offense soft cocks it, you know, we could lose that game. We could Colorado's a little bit the same. They have a bad defense and a good offense. So we could soft cock it both those games. And Arizona Arizona in recent years, they've had a very bad defense, but it's actually it's actually been playing better. Uh, they beat Texas Tech at home, 21 to 14. I think they held UCLA to, I want to say, I don't know, 18 points or 20 points or 17, something seven. like that. So look, I know that Washington is clearly a better team than those two teams, but you know, Arizona, they're not giving up 40 or 50 points every game anymore. So, and they have, they have a handful of guys on defense who are probably have a good, have a shot to get second team, maybe one or two of them has a shot to get first team. So their defense is better. Um, I, the one, one thing is their, I think their, um, Arizona's run game, talking with Rob and, and just from other stuff I've been reading, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit, it's not as well situated against us. Because uh, I think if their run game has a weakness, it's kind of inside running, and that's where we really struggle defensively. Uh, one thing that not not having Newton, Newton would be a back that would give Arizona a lot of problems. So that's um, you know that's unfortunate, and it looks like JJ Taylor is probably going to try and play. So that really helps Arizona. And your point about the smart money, bro, is well taken because I think this line opened up at eight or nine points, and I think it got I think it's down to six. And beta rank has us, as I said, I think four or four and a half point favorite. So the smart money did come in on Arizona. <clears throat> well, <laughs> time will tell. I mean, I, I mean, frankly, I have some, I'm, I'm curious to see how they respond, um, to this situation, right? Cause this is an important game to see uh, how they, how they bounce back from such a, you know, brutal loss and, you know, what Peterson does with the offense. So there, there's certainly some intrigue yeah, with the game yeah. tomorrow night. It just, it's too bad it's so far away. <laughs> okay. We're back after that break. 
So, Jimmy, I think I was saying, you know, maybe there's a 25% chance where we come out and we just dominate, <laughs> maybe like we did against BYU. Um, I think the other 75% probabilities probably go with uh, a close win by either team. How, how, how do you feel? How, how would you chalk it up at this point? <clears throat> you know, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I don't feel great about the game. But part of me does feel that, you know, this this game's going to mean something to Pete. I think he's going to have the guys ready to play to the best of his ability. Um, but if things go wrong and the things start slow to start, I think that's going to spell trouble for this team, especially with their track record at trailing at, <laughs> at halftime. It would be really important for them to have a lead going into the half. Because we, we've shown that attempting to come from behind in the second half has not gone well for this team or for, for Peterson's tenure, actually. So it's going to be super important for this team to come out uh, ready to go right out of the gate because they, they can't afford a slow start in the desert. No, they can't. It's going to be crucial that they uh, that they get uh, some momentum early in this game. Otherwise, yeah, I, I think it's going to go the Wildcats' way. But you know, the Wildcats crowd—they add an article. I mean, their their fan base doesn't really turn out. <laughs> I think they had, you know, they get about forty thousand people. Although Rob said there was some anticipation for this game, so they could have a little bit of a crowd. That's true, but I, I I was reading though that some of that anticipation had kind of fallen off because of the Stanford loss. Yeah. But you know, I still think you know that's still Washington probably in the fans' mind, and it means something. So uh, we'll see. We'll see, buddy. They got, they have a lot to show us tomorrow. That's for sure. But what do you want to see aside from a victory? <laughs> well, I, I mentioned it a little earlier. I, I want to see some effort. I want to see some excitement. I want to see someone have a little fun. Um, those, those are things that kind of matter to me. You want to see some high fives on the sideline? Yeah, I want to see some high some fives. Some more cool Jimmy Lake gifts? Yeah, I want to see some Jimmy Lake gifts. Absolutely. I want all that. Absolutely. I don't know that we're going to get that, but that's what I'd like to see. Okay, brother. I don't know what else we can say about this game. Just get the W. Get the, get the people off your back a little bit. Get ready for Oregon. It is a bummer that Oregon gets a Friday night game. Uh, you know, so they get an extra day to prepare. Washington's going to have a late travel <clears throat> flight back home. They'll probably, they'll probably won't get on the plane till two. You know, get back into Seattle till, you know, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. I mean, that's just not conducive. I mean, you basically need Sunday to kind of get yourself recalibrated after, you know, you know, sleeping on a plane all night. Yeah, that's awful. That's ridiculous. 
But hey, there, lo and behold, there you go. There's the Pac-12 for you. So the game was at eight o'clock Seattle time. Well, is there a time change? Or is it eight o'clock Arizona? I mean, time? It doesn't matter. Their body clock still, regardless, you know, their I'm, body clock. I'm just asking for me, so I know what time that I'm oh, yeah. going to watch 8 it. Yeah. Yeah. 8 p.m. Pacific time. Okay. That's right. All right, brother. Would you like to offer a prediction? <laughs> sure. I can give a prediction. I'll go. I'll go 24 21 Washington. Close win. Yeah, I. Um... You know, I think Arizona's better. Their defense is not horrible. They are playing at home. Uh, it sounds like J.J. Taylor's going to play. Uh, uh, that's not good for us. No. But if you think about it, as shitty as we played against Stanford, uh, you can always say this about any game, but really all we had to do is make one or two plays, and it would have gone right down to the wire. Uh, so I think... I think that uh, we we are going to win the game because we're going to look to rebound after last week, and I just think we have a distinct talent advantage, which we did not have last week. And it sounds like Arizona, they're not, they don't really have that much of a pass rush, even though they're improved. So, um, I, you know, I don't think we're going to see Easy getting sacked a lot, and I think. Their corners are not um, particularly physical, Rob said. So um, they'll their defensive coordinator will try and confuse our offense. But, um, you know, they have some good players on their defense. But I just think that I just have a feeling our wide receivers will probably play better. And if they're not going to put pressure on Eason, I think our offense will have a good game. We'll go out there and play some football and give victory, boys. That's all I can ask. Fuck yeah, brother. Let's do it. Go dogs. I'm going to go with... You don't. Need, you, are you signing off before you even hear my score? You don't want to <laughs> know the score of the game? <laughs> of course I do. I am going to go with... Thirty-one to twenty. The Washington Huskies will be victorious. I like it. I like it. Let's do it. Then we're going to win out after that. Yeah, there you go. I hope. That's good attitude, man. I like I like the positivity. It's great. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm a little tired today. Well, time to go to bed. Time to go to bed. Time to get ready for the game tomorrow. Got to wake up for the game tomorrow, right, Jimmy? Yeah, lo- yeah lock in. Got it. You're gonna have a late night, so get your rest. Already, any final words, Jimmy, before we close this down? I got nothing. Me too. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week. Uh, enjoy the game. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>